So who do we trust, huh? Like always, me and Dee. And three, a Starsky and Hutch fan podcast. That was Rachel. <laughs> that was Monica. And I'm Jen. I know my own name. It's a topsy turvy episode today. Not, not really. As, not as topsy turvy as the episode we're going to do in the future where we're going to watch some Kingney and Lacey. And, <laughs> and then just substitute that as if we've always been a, a Kingney and Lacey podcast. You can't tell yeah. beforehand. You can't spoil our plans. <laughs> I've never actually seen that, so. I wouldn't mind, though. No. Like, I would watch. I would, too. I've heard it's real femme slashy. Ooh, yes. All right. Okay, this needs to be a thing. And then when we genuinely become a Cagney and Lazy podcast, you'll know what happened. I feel like this would have been perfect for uh, April Fool's, but we've told people too recently. <laughs> it's not going to work as an April Fool's joke. It's not April yet? No, it's March. Okay. <laughs> it well, is March. we could cut this part, and then it would still be a surprise. <laughs> no, we. I don't know when we're going to have time to watch Cagney and Lacey before April 1st, so we're not going to... Plus, I hate April Fool's Day and jokes, and also that's Easter this year, so... Oh, yeah, it is! Eggs and bunnies and stuff. I like bunnies. I am just free associating at this point, and I'm going to stop. Yeah, we are, we're going to all be pretty, pretty... Wow. We're all going to be pretty busy in the next few months. Uh, some conventions. Uh, Rachel, you're going to France, I hear. I am. I'm going to France in the start of May. And in preparation for that, I need to like really buckle down and start practicing my French. And one thing that I recently did to do that uh, is... Purchased the fifth season of the French TV show called Sharif. And the reason I bought it was because in episode seven, Antonio Fargus plays Huggy Bear. Like, legit Huggy Bear. I'm I'm super psyched to watch it. It's going to be so fun. I watched the YouTube clip where Antonio Fargus was giving an interview about his guest starring role on this episode. And it looks like he's going to be a hallucination that the main character is having after he gets hit on the head, maybe. I don't know French, so I am missing a lot of context here, but that looks really funny. That's going to be so great. Also, like, Antonio Farkas has not aged a day in the last 40 years. It's kind of remarkable. Yeah, like, of everyone, he's, you know, he's he's kept his looks. I also like that in the interview, he talks about how Sharif is a good show for Huggy Bear to appear in because relationships are central to Sharif, and Starsky and Hutch was all about relationships. Okay, but now you're going to have to excuse me if, like, I turn this into a Sharif podcast after watching this show. (laughs) I always feel a little bad for Antonio Vargas because he so clearly wants the show to have been Starsky and Hutch and Huggy, and, like, he's so enthusiastic about it to this day, and it kind of feels like some kind of Skylar sisters, like, Ken Hutchinson, Dave Starsky, and Huggy. And and I just want End Huggy to have his due. Jen, I need you to do a full Hamilton parody now. Oh God, that <laughs> that was how. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> but then again, you were telling me about a, a Muppet parody of Jesus Christ Superstar. So yeah, I mean, you know, it can be done. Why do you drive like you're running out of gas? Like you're running out of gas? Like you're running out of gas? Oh my God, this is beautiful. <laughs> guys <laughs> oh. oh it's so good so what did we want to talk about this week you guys well um a little while back i wanted to rewatch the starsky and hutch fan vid the cave 
Uh, Rachel had showed it to me after she brought it up on one of our previous podcasts, and it's really good. As she said before, it focuses on Starsky and Prudhomme and the theme of revenge. So I really wanted to watch it again, so I put into YouTube search Starsky and Hutch the Cave. The first result was the right vid. The second result was a playthrough for a video game called Don't Starve. And it said, like, Starsky and Hutch Don't Starve playthrough, and I was curious, so I clicked on it, and Jen and I watched it. It was actually fairly long, (laughs) but it turns out that Starsky and Hutch are little monster character items you can pick up when you're wandering through these caves, and uh, you find Starsky first. He's actually called Star Sky. There's a hyphen between star and sky, and when you find Star Sky... Uh, Hutch appears, um, and Hutch will follow Star Sky wherever Star Sky is taken. And Hutch, it, he looks kind of like um, an anglerfish. He's got. <laughs> Do not like anglerfish. <laughs> I mean, they they look hideous. they look hideous, and Hutch <laughs> looks hideous. Sorry, Hutch. But he, you can store things in him, so he's like an expanded inventory function. And so it was funny because in this playthrough, these two Australian guys kept talking about how they were going to put more of their items in Hutch. And that just made me laugh. They're like, oh, Hutch, you're a cute little guy. (laughs) I feel feel like this was designed by Starsky because you have to find Starsky first. And then Hutch is always following Starsky. And then you put, like, you know, You you put more things in Hutch. And Hutch is real ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Starsky's a goldfish in a bowl, for the record. So, like, I think he's... Rachel's right. I think Starsky designed this. Okay, but, like, when we looked up the description, because we, we didn't really understand at first what was happening, I'm really bad at following video game playthroughs. And so they kept attacking these carrots, and then bunnies would hop away. And so when they were going around trying to get Hutch, I was like, maybe these are the Hutches? Because bunnies are living in them, so that's what a Hutch is, right? No, I I mean, yes, that is what a Hutch is, but that was not what was intended. So it was really hard to follow, but I, I was sort of assuming that Hutch was a number of different things before Hutch actually appeared. But the way that the wiki describes it is that having Starsky will cause Hutch to spawn, and something about that phrasing <laughs> is beautiful and horrifying somehow at the same time. Now I'm trying to think if I've read any Starsky and Hutch uh, Cthulhu type crossovers. I don't think I have. I have read a really spooky, uh, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't like Eldritch Horror. It was just more straight up uh, undead type situation could just be like releasing spores like a mushroom you like mushrooms and you like hutch that checks out oh my god hutch is a mushroom i have no idea what's going on at this point (laughs) (laughs) hutch is reproducing like a fungus but it turns out that if you put certain items from your inventory in hutch it can change hutch if you put some items that uh cast light hutch himself starts glowing and then can be used as a portable light for your characters And if you put in some kind of item called a one-man band and something else, then Hutch turns into a music box that if you stay close to him, you hear music playing and it helps your sanity. But if you get too far away, the effect uh, diminishes. So I thought that was cute because you can kind of picture Hutch like strumming his guitar and singing and having a calming effect on people around him. I'm stating once again that this was created by Starsky. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because Hutch is like his guiding light, and and also, you know, he, he does enjoy his music. I think my very favorite part was the official wiki says that Star Sky and Hutch might possibly be a reference <laughs> to the TV show Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> it is like really that would be that would be a hell of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I know that an infinite number of monkeys on an infinite number of typewriters, but still. <laughs> Occam's Razor tells us it's a reference. <laughs> so, last episode, we were talking about AUs, uh, alternate universes that we might want Starsky and Hutch to be placed in. And this was something that came up 
just briefly when I was talking about my desire for um, an interview with the vampire ague, which is not something I actually want, but it was something I was imagining in response to a fic I was discussing. So we thought for this week we would talk about AUs that we wish uh, we could see in Starsky and Hutch fandom and how we would imagine those AUs playing out. Okay, I'm just going to jump right in. I've been saying this to Jen and Monica for months, but I really, really want like a really well done and complex dark AU where they're both criminals, but they're criminals like they're they're basically mafia bosses where they were, you know, they turned to crime to to clean up Bay City. So like, you know, they know all the crime that's going on because they're running it all so they can control it and in that way keep the peace. Like this is the AU of my heart that I really, really want, and I have not found it yet. That would be pretty hardcore. <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's some, you know, superhero goes bad story tropes going on there, and that is excellent. Yeah. I would be into it. Which one of them would first suggest it? I think... I think Hutch first. Mm-hmm. He would become completely disillusioned and be like, you know, like, Starsky is the one who has gone undercover into vigilante-type groups because you would assume that, you know, he's the one who would do, who would turn dark first. But I think really it would be Hutch and then Starsky would go along with Hutch. So Hutch just is his character from Dirty Harry or Magnum Horse? No, because he was happy about it. <laughs> That's true. Hutch, yeah, I could see this as an AU to targets without a badge. I mean, they would very much, they would very much, um, like, I mean, Dobie, I would feel, would still, would, would try to turn them back, you know, be like, you know, don't do this, guys. And, and they'd be like, hey, you know, Captain, we have the highest respect for you. Please don't get in our way. We don't want to hurt you. Hmm. That would be an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I if I saw this fic out in the wild, I don't think I would click on it. It's weird because I've liked a fair number of characters who were villainous, but usually I like the stories in which they get brought back to the good side. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I used to read a lot of Smallville fic, and I usually read fic where Lex was not evil, as in early seasons of Smallville, he wasn't. But science people would write future fic where he had pretty much straight up become either a supervillain or like a very powerful businessman who, with, with questionable morals. Um, and then usually in the course of the story, Clark would kind of, you know, bring him back. Bring him back. I was trying to find the uh, a perfect turn of phrase, ah. but I I couldn't. So, no. <laughs> but those those are really good stories. Like I love those where where Lex is. There's they're they're at they're at odds, and you know it is Lex and Superman, you know, versus each other. But still, oh god, those are good stories. Yeah, and I'm just saying that I think a story that's sort of the opposite wouldn't make me too sad. <laughs> well, I like that. I have written a lot of death fic in my time. Uh, I I like the I I often like, you know, that route. I, it's something that I would have to be in the right mood to read. But I've read, you know, a serial killer AU uh, a time or two, so it's not like I'm uh, not in Starsky and Hutch fandom. I, although that it wouldn't surprise me if that existed, uh, or if someone wrote that. I could definitely see a serial killer AU for Starsky and Hutch. And maybe one of them is the serial killer, and one of them is trying to catch the serial killer, not realizing it's their partner. <laughs> We're going back to Hannibal again. I. How does it keep going back to Hannibal? I've never watched Hannibal. <laughs> I. I think it could be written, but I think the writer would have to lay a lot of groundwork for me to believe that Starsky or Hutch could be a serial killer. Then again, we know so little about their past. Mm-hmm. That, like, if you said it early enough, I could perhaps believe that one of them was actually a sociopath, but it would be hard. I mean, like, if, you know, like, Ted Bundy was real convincing as, like, a a good human. 
And he really wasn't. But Starsky and Hutch have such an intimate relationship. They're living in each other's pockets. I feel like if one of them lacked empathy, the other would know by now. And whether or not that would actually cause them to like not be friends with him, I'm not sure. Mm. But I think it would be really hard for one to be a serial killer and the other not know it. What if they both were and that's why they bonded? Yeah. That's that's what I was gonna say. Would you read a murder boyfriends book where they're they're just both serial killers and they're going out every night and killing people? Like if they meet- were by an, uh, go ahead, Rachel. I was just gonna like put this put this um, example out. Like they meet and like they've never known anyone like them, so they meet at the academy and like they instantly recognize this in each other, and so like that's what they bond over, and then you know like. You know, okay. so they go and commit these crimes, like, as sort of a study at first, you know, and then they find, you know. It sounds really interesting, and if a writer I really liked wrote it, maybe I'd read it just out of curiosity. But I feel like at that point, it's John Colby. And Starsky and Hutch, the thing I love the most about them is their love for each other and their empathy for the citizens of Bay City. And I think taking that away from both of them. Like, if you took it away from one of them, like, I think that would be an AU I would maybe read. But taking away from both of them, I think at that point, it would be a story that you might as well write with original characters. It would be very any two guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go to the opposite end of the scale. <laughs> coffee shop AU. <laughs> what would the Starsky and Hutch coffee shop AU look like? I think you have to put Starsky behind the, the coffee bar. Mm-hmm. Hutch would be the worst barista in the world. (laughs) Well, if you want lots of broken mugs, then yeah, go ahead and hire him. And like burning himself with boiling water and also lecturing customers on their choices. He would be the judgiest barista in the world. Don't you know that almond milk is bad for the environment? (laughs) But also whole milk is way unhealthy. (laughs) He would be into oat milk. Probably. That's the newest thing. Apparently, I don't. I don't know how you make a milk out of oats, but you just squeeze them. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. The thing is, I'll be like, I'm not really interested in that kind of AU. But then I'll remember fandoms where I have read AUs for that pairing, and I, I did enjoy them. I think the trick is to keep it still in the same world. Have one foot still in the same world. So I'd still want it to be kind of this gritty Bay City, I think Mm. one or both of them would have to be ex-cops. Maybe Starsky got injured much earlier on, or Starsky could be a Vietnam vet who got injured and therefore wasn't able to become a cop. Maybe Hutch, like, went to the academy and then decided it wasn't for him or something, and now he's just floundering and doesn't know what to do. I think in that case, I would read it. Mm -hmm. If it was just, hey, two handsome guys... One of them's a customer, one's at a barista. I just don't see the point. Well, I think for me, like, AUs, like, coffee shop AUs only work if you've got really solid archetypal personalities to start with. Because if if the reason that you like a fandom is largely, oh, look, the quiche is ready. Uh, <laughs> pardon me while I take a quiche out of the oven. So as I was saying, now that the quiche is out and lovely and cooling, because Monica's great at quiche, I tend to, to not be super into coffee shop AUs when they are in a fandom where what I like is the world building and what I like is the setting and that sort of thing, because if you strip that away, you don't have much left. But I think Starsky and Hatch are strong enough personalities that I could handle a coffee shop AU. But I, I think Monica's right in that it works best if you make it as close to their setting as possible while also following the tropes of the coffee shop they use. So, like, they're probably, I mean, it's the 1970s in California, so they don't have necessarily, like, they don't, they certainly don't have Starbucks. And I don't, it's hard for me to imagine Starsky and Hutch in some kind of, like, beatnik coffee shop poetry reading type thing. I don't know, um, maybe Hutch. <laughs> oh, Yes. The, the coffee-a-go-go from early X-Men comics is what I'm now picturing. <laughs> oh, Bernard the Poet. <laughs> Maybe Hutch is Bernard the Poet. <laughs> but I do think that I could imagine, like, a Greasy Spoon Diner where whoever is the barista role is working there 
behind the counter serving people breakfast and the other one is the one who comes in for morning coffee and eggs and toast every day. You could still do the tropes of a coffee shop AU, but make it feel closer to the gritty, you know, Southern California of the 70s. So yeah, so you got Starsky working at this greasy spoon and like, yeah, take take him being a Vietnam vet and because of some injury, he tried to go into the academy, but it prevents him from joining and that's what he wanted to do. So he's like, okay, well, I guess this is what I'm stuck doing. And then Hutch comes in as a customer and I haven't decided if I prefer Hutch as a wannabe musician because I love when fix when AUs do that. Or if I want him to also be trying for the Academy, because then you get this really interesting tension where, like, Starsky can sort of, like, I don't know, you have this tension between Starsky and Hutch with the Academy Mm. also in there, which I think would be really fun to explore. Like, maybe, like, Starsky is helping him study despite himself, even though he's real bitter about the fact that he has all this knowledge in his head, even though he wasn't able to... Or Hutch is even thinking, like, oh, you know, maybe I don't really want to do this. And so Starsky's, like, gets really into, like, trying to push him into it because Mm. that was his dream that he couldn't fulfill. And Hutch resents Starsky for trying to push that on him. Like, there's lots you could do with that. It's not my dream, Dad. It's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Except not with Daddy issues. But, like, I don't know. Maybe some Daddy play, though. It's every teen movie of the 90s and early 2000s. One AU that I have enjoyed in the past is the Merman or Selkie AU. (laughs) I'm dying! (laughs) They do live on the coast, and Starsky grew up on the coast, and Hutch grew up on Lake Superior. So which one is a Merman, which one is a Selkie, which one's a human? Go. I mean, we know in our hearts. We we do. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> because we were in a pool once. And this is, you know, how our conversations go. And, you know, they could both be merpeople. And, and, and Hutch would be a lovely mer creature from Lake Superior. A lovely, yes, definitely a selkie. Yes. And Starsky is a trash mermaid from the East River. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for any mer people who have to swim in the East River. It's just, I mean, like, it's it's the bridges that are crossing the rivers of New York City are lovely, but imagining that river, especially at the time he would have been growing up, I just no one no one wants to be swimming in it. So if he's he's a merman uh, from the East River, he is basically covered in like plastic like like he he is that sad sea turtle um he's got oh. a soda ring like around his oh, no. wrist and... oh no that's real sad see hutch can help him oh okay so taking taking those both separately where one of them is a human for to the other's supernatural state so with trash mermaid starsky he goes he goes to find cleaner pastures so that's how he ends up in the ocean in California outside of Bay City and he meets Hutch and it's it's except the thing is Starsky's still very nostalgic for home it is it is fairly trashy and polluted but it's not the same trashy and polluted so he does get homesick and then with the Selkie story with Hutch like with Hutch like entrusting his skin to Starsky Mm. like oh if Stars okay let me back up. Okay, if Hutch, like, goes missing and, like, Starsky finds it, for example, and that's how he finds out. Oh. And then oh. he's like, I have yeah. to keep the same. And maybe, like, he would know if Hutch had died because the skin would shrivel up. <gasps> so he knows he's alive. So he but knows no one he's alive. Him. That's pretty good. I'd read that, definitely. I think I just found a, a moment where we could insert a mermaid AU I forget what episode it was, but Hutch got knocked into the water and Starsky runs to the edge and he's yelling Hutch's name, but no one's coming up out of the water. So he starts taking off his coat and his holster and jumps in after him. And then it turns out Hutch had kind of swum around to the other side of this area and climbed out already. So like right then it could be that when Starsky dove in, he knew he'd turn into a merman and give up his secret, Ooh. which is why he was sort of hesitating to dive in. 
Uh, and now Hutch will know the truth that his partner is not human. Also, I mean, that's also like the the marriage episode where the priest thinks that they're a couple. Oh, right. It is that <laughs> so, episode. So you can get like, oh, you can work so much stuff from that episode into this. And I, I assume well. I assume this is a, a version where Starsky's a merman, but Hutch is just a human. And I bet that like most people don't believe in mermaids. But when Hutch was in the Sea Scouts... <laughs> <laughs> He encountered, he, you know, his, his first secret teenage boyfriend was a merman and, Mm -hmm. and he never told anyone, but now he feels like it's fate that his partner's a merman. There's an episode of Gravity Falls in which one of the characters, Mabel, she has, she has a merman boyfriend who lives in a pool (laughs) (laughs) and she helps like escape from the pool, uh, the public pool back to the ocean. So like, you could do you could do where one of them's like caught, no, and then the other one has to save them. Oh God, I've, I've already written. written. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> What's another type of AU that you guys have run into in other fandoms? Hogwarts AU. Hmm. Where are we sorting? I mean, they're Gryffindors, right? Yeah. yeah. Like they, I, I think they have to. They're too bullheaded and brave and that's more important than anything else you can argue about like you know because a lot of people have like sort of their the secondary houses so you can argue you know about what their secondary houses mm-hmm. are but absolutely i agree with gryffindor's primary like like maybe hutch would be like a griffin claw and starsky would be a griffin puff i was going for that yeah <laughs> there's no there's not a drop of slytherin in either of them no what would they do at Hogwarts? What would their their roles be? Well, I think Starsky would definitely be playing Quidditch. Oh, yeah. He'd have a broom that was bright red with a white stripe somehow. <laughs> or yes. a re- red handle, white bristles, something. <gasps> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I feel like he's like a beater, probably. Ooh. And, like, part of me wants to say that Hutch is his, like, beater partner, but maybe that's just, like, me secretly wanting a hockey AU where they're, like, defense partners. <laughs> but I feel like Hutch is more likely to be a seeker. Like, he's, he's you know, the golden boy and he's going to catch the golden snitch. He, I can see him. I mean, I, I feel like Hutch would try for team captain if he were on the Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. But do people ever mistake his bright blonde hair for the snitch? <laughs> I feel like Hush probably winds up being head boy. I could see yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. And like, Starsky spends a lot of time hanging out with Peeves and setting up like <gasps> these practical jokes. And no one knows that Hutch is actually helping him out with these all the time. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> They'd both be pranking people. Yeah. But like, Hutch has a reputation to uphold. He's head boy. He, you know. So beautiful. <laughs> is Huggy also there? Of course. Is he a Gryffindor? Ooh, okay. That's hard. I think, I think Huggy might... Oh, I don't know. I was, I was gonna say Ravenclaw, but... Because he knows everything. Because he knows everything, but I I just don't... He also has a lot of Hufflepuff tendencies. He just loves to help his friends. Exactly. I'm, I'm stuck between Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff yeah. for him. But he's also, like, a lot of get-rich-quick schemes, so that's a little Slytherin-y. Maybe Huggy is just everything. The Sorting Hat would have a really hard time with Huggy. I, I think it would be the kind of situation where Huggy would have to decide where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I think if if I had to come down on it, I think I would put him in Ravenclaw, though. If I were writing this story, I would put him in Ravenclaw, ultimately, I think. Especially because if we're taking his role seriously, like, if, if we're trying to translate his role to a Hogwarts AU, then he's definitely the friend in Ravenclaw that Starsky and Hutch are constantly, like, going to right before a big test. Like, please tell us what we missed. We don't know anything. And Huggy's just like, fine, I'll tell you guys. Huggy would know all of the castle's secrets. Oh, yeah. He'd have the Marauders map before anyone else. He'd know all the passageways. He knows everything and can get anything anywhere. Oh, my God. He he has... He's very much the Weasley twins in that, you know, he has his uh, illicit businesses on the side. I could see that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and Dobie, I think Dobie has to be a professor. Definitely. 
And I feel like maybe, like, he's a former Hufflepuff, but he can't help having misplaced affection for these two troublesome Gryffindors. I was, see, I was going to say just, you know, I was going to put him in Gryffindor so that he would be uh, the head of the household. Mm. So that he always has to take responsibility for Starsky's pranks when they go wrong and try not to acknowledge that he also suspects Hutch is taking part in them. That's true. I could see some McGonagall in him where, like, he seems to be very by the book and on the level, but he, he turns his a blind eye to the shenanigans because he knows that the intentions and the end results are good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to jump in, because you were discussing hockey AUs, and I just had this brilliant, like, thing that I wanted. It was was a skating AU where Hutch is a figure skater, and Starsky is a hockey player, and they fall in love. So the cutting edge? Yes! <laughs> With Starsky and Hutch? Yes! <laughs> Alright, that's it. That's all I have. Are there any historical uh, time periods that you would read uh, Starsky and Hutch in? 40s and 20s also. 20s for bootlegging, 40s for more wartime, like World War II. I would be into that. I would also be into like turn of the century New York. Well, like, okay, putting them in New York kind of ruins. <laughs> but like, okay, Newsies is at turn of the century New York. So I'm like, yes, put them there. Um, but also I've been seeing all the trailers for The Alienist and I haven't actually watched The Alienist yet, but I like the idea of them doing like detective work at the advent of modern detective work. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. And most of those stories are set in London or New York. But you could you could do other places you could do LA and like Hutch getting into like no we you know we got to do what this French guy is doing which is like measure every single body part of everyone right and then are and then like you know bringing in the new research with fingerprinting and everything like ooh ooh that'd be really fun Rachel and I have been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts (laughs) (laughs) which may be evident from the things that we keep bringing up what other time periods would you want Monica I asked that question. You you have to answer it. I don't think that's a rule. Would you put them in medieval Europe? No. (laughs) I really also love um, a good um, 17th or 18th century, like, pirate or navy, you know, a sailing Mm. one. Pirates I would read. And I actually have read a pirate one. Ooh, nice. You'll have to tell me later about it. Sure. You know, Sailor Hutch could meet Trash Mermaid. (laughs) We could combine these AUs. (laughs) So good. But I would read like a a Marvel 1602 like style Starsky and Hutch fic where we see their same stories playing out, but it's in like Elizabethan England. Okay, but now Space AU. Yes. A common subcategory of space AU is sort of a Star Trek. They're on a exploratory mission on a ship. Would they be like security on an Enterprise type ship, perhaps? Quite possibly. I was sort of um, imagining um, a space station. So going more DS9 Babylon 5 with that, where they are, they are part of the security there and they have to deal with lots of different aliens and different cultures and stuff. I like mm. the space station better than a spaceship, actually, because then you get that feel for the diversity of base cities, mm-hmm. like, classes and and uh, cultures. And they could they could also be, like, Nova Corps slash Green Lantern Corps space cops. Oh, yep, definitely. Oh. So that's another space option that keeps them in the police force. But I'm also sometimes fond of, like, pilot sentient ship AUs. So... Maybe it's because of the the fic where uh, Starsky body swapped with the Torino, but I would read about one of them being a pilot of a ship, and the ship looks like the Torino, and it is uh, either like the AI personality is the other one, or it's just a sentient ship. It, it is okay. a being. Now you're going into Andromeda story, story, uh, stories here where uh, Hutch would be captaining the Torino and then Starsky would be the AI. 
Well, of it. no, I think, I think, I think Did I would put Starsky as Dylan Hunt and Hutch as Rami. Oh, okay. Just cause, just cause, you know, the Torino and Starsky, yeah, I was making very, but no, Starsky's the one who would fuck the Torino. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> if we're talking about weird sex stuff, I think we have to talk about ABO. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's been vetoed. Monica and I are not huge fans of Alpha, Beta, Omega uh, universes. And I know that one fic exists that sets Starsky and Hutch in this kind of universe. Rachel has a broader tastes when it comes to these things. Yeah, y'all are missing out, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I mean, it's got some great... You got some great shit in the genre. So, like, oh, Rachel, what are they? We don't okay, have to go I don't, deeper. No, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna... Because you... I'm not going to go into this because there are very, like, because I am very much a classic. I like the Alpha and Omega dynamics. Like, I don't really am not interested in subverting those. Like, I just want my straight up <laughs> Alpha Omega heat fic. Okay, but so, which one would you want to be the Alpha and which one that's would you what want I mean. to be the Omega? Yeah, that I sounds like I'm quoting the I Bible mean... or something. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, like, what about the fix where Hutch is in heat? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I usually go for the baggy, bo- the, the baggy blonde bottoms, so that was, that's what it will, would probably be what it is. <laughs> Have I just ruined the fix for you, Monica? <laughs> the fix? The F-I-X. Yeah. Yes, I said... Imagine the fix, but instead of heroin. Oh, I uh, you you were kind of facing Rachel, and I didn't hear that part. I did hear you say yes. uh, in Hutch and Heat. So I, I understood where that was going, but I, 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 yeah, I that's sorry as well. <laughs> I was <laughs> suggesting that it is the fix, which if you don't have it written down, sounds like the fix F I C S, and that gets confusing. But no, I was imagining the episode titled "The Fix." Where, um, instead of heroin, the bad guys manage to artificially and unexpectedly induce heat. And then Starsky and Huggy find him. And Huggy's like, look, I've got this room upstairs. Starsky, if you want to take care of that, you can. Oh my god. And Starsky tries to hold off so long because he doesn't want to do that to Hutch. Oh! (laughs) Oh my heart. Oh my heart. Oh my god. So I might read that, despite my general antipathy toward uh, baby Ophic. Oh my god, I need this in life. Now, I want to bring up Soul Bond AUs, because I love the fact that so many Starsky and Hutch fic just like randomly drop some of the tropes of Soul Bond AUs, <laughs> but they're not Soul Bond AUs, it's just normal canon fic, <laughs> but they'll have some random dream sharing or one of them knows instinctively what the other one is feeling, um, kind of low level being able to read each other's thoughts. And I think some of that is canon to the show. Some of it is exaggerated slightly for the fic, but I love that so much fic is got one foot into soul bond AU territory already. Yeah. I mean, if it's a proximity based soul bond, they're fine. They're never out of each other's sight. They'd never have the effects of separation. And when they are separated, they're often exhibiting the effects of that separation on a physical level. So you could just read the whole canon as a soul bond that they are not even maybe aware that they have. And it's just, it all plays out exactly as it does in the show. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how, like... It really does just lend itself to soul bonding, just like that, with no no effort. My brain is trying to do a thing with, like, if it's a universe where soul bonds are common, but, like, maybe left-handed people soul bond differently or not at all. And this is part of the reason that Hutch keeps trying to train Starsky out of being left-handed. <laughs> and, like, having weird anti-left-handed prejudices that don't make any sense i mean he's just trying to needle starsky that's the entire reason (laughs) sure but i like your idea of trying to give it a reason deeper than that because what good is fic if not to give the tiniest moments in canon 
deeper meaning than they deserve. <laughs> I mean, so many of the soul bond I use are the ones where it's like you see in color for the first time when you meet your soulmate. I don't so, get the point of that. I, I I don't get the point of it as like a straight up trope, but that's one I'd like to see subverted. Like maybe two people get together and they're not soulmates, but one person met their soulmate and doesn't really want to be with them. And the other person hasn't met their soulmate yet, but then they want to date each other. And so the one who can see colors and uh, doesn't want to admit that they already found and lost their soulmate winds up feeding information to the one who can't see colors yet. Or, or, or sorry, like, like the person who can see colors already because they met their soulmate helps the other person to fake it so that people think that they're soulmates. I would read that. Okay, it's not subverting that so much, but I do like the soul bond stories where you have the first words your soulmate says to you somewhere on your body, mm. and I really love when it's just, like, the most innocuous thing, so it's like, hey, you know, and so you'll, you never know. <laughs> and in fact, it's like, oh, you know, I don't know, you know, and they might not even have heard it, you know, so it's like, oh, I have, you know... Th- they don't know that they've met their soulmate, but they still fall in love, and then they realize. I'm just... I realize that it's just the first words of the show, and not, like, how they actually met, but if Wanna <laughs> Share was on one of their bodies. It could the have first been. thing Stersky says to Hutch is beautiful, I think, <laughs> in, in the show. Obviously, they've known each other for quite a while at that point, so it's not his first ever words to Hutch, but... But that's... I could so picture... Starsky's first words to Hutch being like, hey, Blondie, or hey, Blintz, or something, and Hutch seeing these words on his body somewhere and having no idea what the heck is, like, <laughs> what the hell is a Blintz? <laughs> <gasps> yes. And Starsky's words are just, like, a long lecture on some esoteric topic <laughs> that he did not need to be lectured about. <laughs> wow. Yes. There, I definitely have an idea that is very soul bondy-ish. It's not set in a soul bond universe. Like, Starsky and Hutch are very unique in this respect. But I definitely have a thing quote-unquote in the works. <laughs> I mean, I haven't started it yet. But, you know, it's percolating in my brain. Where they have like this emotional connection that, you know, after Starsky's father dies, like, Starsky intentionally cuts himself off from Hutch until mm. they run into each other at the academy. I like it. I like it, too. How about Always a Girl at You? Ooh. I'm generally not a fan. I have read and enjoyed various, you know, gender swapping AUs, but I think if I I did that, I would want them both to be women on the force in the 70s. And I think I'd want it to be a pretty serious story. Yeah, their lives would be... But... We know from that fan art you commissioned exactly what it would look like. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I am totally in agreement. Like, absolutely a seven... It has to still have the same sure. setting and everything. But to see them navigate that. And I've read a couple. And, yeah, it's really... It's, you know, gender swap stuff. It's it's fun. I think the problem is that, like, it's hard to imagine gender swapping everyone in that universe. Because while you could write interesting stories about Starsky and Hutch as women trying to navigate that, I I don't, I can't imagine that a gender swap Dobie would be realistic for that period. And I feel like a gender swapped Huggy, there would be even, I don't know, I feel like it would be difficult for either of them to be in the roles that they are. I could see a gender swapped huggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now no, that, no, that'd now be that, fine. That's true. That's true. I don't. I like. I think. I I think there would be a, a, in the same way that people assume that huggy is a pimp. Like I'm wondering what kind of assumptions there would be about a female huggy. But that, she's running a restaurant. Like yeah, that's true. I mean, I I I know that people do assume huggy's a pimp for reasons I cannot quite understand. But um, but I think. Female Huggy would be pretty similar to male Huggy. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Dolby, I think it would be interesting to try, and I think you'd have to do research to find out. A like, black female captain in right. Just be, okay, just because it is 
highly, highly unlikely. I don't think you can't do the story. Like, I think it'd be really interesting to explore that because you, you would have so much conflict that she would face. Right, and, like, I wonder, I really you could write the story to, to where read. Dobie is a policewoman, but she wasn't able to rise to the rank of captain. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Starsky and Hutch, as women, also aren't going to rise any higher than they have. Although, I, I, I don't know. Again, I'd want to do research. But yeah. that could be interesting, but it would be a very serious story. It would. It, it would have to be handled well, and, and it wouldn't... It would be a very different narrative than Starsky and Hutch. It could be a very interesting narrative, but it wouldn't be a one-to-one transfer. Well, it never is if you're if you're taking in the ramifications of sure of you know people growing up and stuff. That makes sense. I think a lot of it doesn't necessarily take that into account. But if I read it, I would want it to. But I think the sort of wish fulfillment AUs where it doesn't take it into account, I think those are absolutely legitimate as well. That's fair. People are going to write what they want to write, and it's people want different things, as we established in a previous episode. And the whole point is to have something for everyone, in my opinion. I mean, I think that is the ultimate goal, is just to have so much that everyone can find something that's to their cup of tea. Well, you mentioned tea, and I am getting hungry for Monica's delicious quiche. So do we want to wrap up this conversation and share some recs? I have one rec, and I read this a little while ago, but I really enjoyed it, and I think about it a lot. And it's a crossover with Quantum Leap, which is a show I quite enjoy, and I watched long before I watched Starsky and Hutch. And it is Partners by PFL. And it's a Jen story, and it is mostly from the point of view of Sam. He jumps into a new character who gets partnered with Hutch because, well, Starsky's dead and had died just a, just very recently, and Sam and Al assume that Sam's job is to prevent Hutch from committing suicide in the next week. But things are a little more complicated than that. And it's a really fun case story for fun. both of them. It is. It is a fun case story for both Quantum Leap and Starsky and Hutch. Like, I just think it really works well together. And it's it's a really fun story. Wow. That sounds awesome. I never watched Quantum Leap, but... Oh, I, it's so good! I know the premise, so <laughs> I might have to check that out. Yeah, you can read it. If you, if you know the premise, that's yeah. more than enough knowledge. Monica, did you have a wreck? I do. I've got a wreck that I actually just thought of when I was talking about Soul Bond AUs, and this story is from the 2012 Advent Calendar, and it's stuck in my memory for a few reasons. Uh, the first one is that Starsky is explicitly um, of Hungarian descent, and that actually sort of features in the story, and that he's interested in Hungarian history and culture because of this. And since he's ambiguous in the show, I thought it was interesting that they'd picked this, and I don't think I've seen it in any other fic. So that was interesting. The other thing was that this fic is sort of technically a Solbond AU, in that they go to a museum that has this old Hungarian crown, which apparently was at this museum at one point, and they have a picture at the end of the fic. But there's another thing in the museum, like these Viking bracelets that apparently if two soul-bonded people put them on, they, like, clasp or something. And the story presents this as a true thing that should happen. And in this, therefore, soul-bond AU, Starsky and Hutch are not soul bonded and i thought that was such an interesting choice and the reasons for it are then delved in like i I don't want to give it away but i'd say this isn't necessarily the end of the story so there's still twists and turns but when it's revealed that they're not soul bonded starsky's like yeah i know who i was who my soulmate was and she died and hutch is kind of devastated by this because he knows starsky and terry were in love but he and starsky are also in love and uh, so then they have to have some long conversations to kind of clear that up. So the story has stuck in my mind uh, for those unexpected uh, choices that the writer made that I thought paid off pretty well. 
It's called The Second Choice by Nikki Gabriel. Nice. I like I like that. I imagine that like the Starsky family was probably like the Zarsky, like SZ. You know, I was thinking recently about the comic book writer Chip Zdarsky, and I'm wondering if his pen name, because that is a pen name, is like a play on Starsky. Because it's like Z-D-A-R-S-K-Y. Could be. It kind of, when you say it out loud, it kind of sounds like Starsky. I don't know. I should ask him. I if mean, I ever yeah. <laughs> this just occurred to me I, recently. The, the problem is, though, is like, if you see him, because his lines are That's true. super That's true. long. I don't think I will necessarily get to meet him, but it's a, it's a question to consider. Well, um, I think that's about all we have, but I am a little intrigued by uh, Rachel mentioning a crossover, because I know there's other crossover fics that we've enjoyed, so maybe a future topic can be about uh, what, what crossovers we would like to see. <gasps> and then I get to uh, make all of you listen to all my Marvel Comics crossovers ideas. <laughs> I mean, that sounds wonderful, and we'd probably all have at least one of those. So keep also, your eyes peeled for that. Remind me to talk about my favorite AU. The AUs were mustaches don't exist. (laughs) Because I think I've got a fairly complete list of my favorite reasons for why Hutch has shaved his mustache, and I can share that next time. Yes! Yes! I mean, I, I, I enjoy the mustache often, so... But I will still be interested in hearing that list. <laughs> All right. So now we've tantalized you with potential future episodes. Oh, we've tantalized them. <laughs> yes, it's very tantalizing. <laughs> Rachel, do you feel tantalized? Oh, very. Well, if you too are tantalized, you can contact us on Twitter at at me the three. No ends because Twitter doesn't like long usernames. You can email us at gmail, and that's me and the and three at gmail.com. Or you can find us at our website, me and the and three dot wordpress dot com. Remember that three is always written out as the full word, and and is also the full word. Bye. 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 Quiche is our niche. Quiche, quiche, quiche.